Vegas. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Over to the right side, sixth attacker is on. Carlson to the left, Petrangelo shoots wide, rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson ties the game. 4-4 with a minute 35 to play. Power play goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Ballard and Ryan Wallace. This hour, we've got one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League. Some stuff to get to will include the World Junior Hockey Championship, which wrapped up yesterday. What do we take from that tournament from a VGK perspective? Don't boo. It's not nice to boo kids. They're just kids, for goodness sake. Uh, Canada we're not beating booing kids, Czechia. we're booing the outcome. Canada boo, uh, beating Czechia yesterday in Halifax, but uh, a tournament that had four top prospects from the Vegas Golden Knights involved. Uh, we will also hear from Bruce Cassidy regarding uh, some uh, content uh, on the blue line. Caden Korzak uh, was very good again. For the Vegas Golden Knights, he's played a couple of games. One of the performances that jumped off the ice to me was Phil Kessel's effort uh, last night as he was really strong throughout on that uh, that new-look line. And then you have the possibility of Jonathan Marcheseau returning tomorrow night. Uh, and uh, Bruce will talk about uh, the potential return of the winger, the veteran winger. Uh, there is some real jump. I, the, the idea that they had a day off and then a practice day, so two days between games for the Vegas Golden Knights before last night, uh, was really significant in the added energy level at T-Mobile Arena. But then you, you toss in two players that are, are different stages of their career, but also have a really strong presence. Now, Paul Cotter is a presence. He may be a rookie, but uh, you, you listen to him around the room, you watch him on the ice, physical style, and he can finish. He has a presence. And Jack Eichel is a superstar of the National Hockey League, and they both felt that made that presence felt last night, Ryan. Sure did. Um, I mean, obviously, Paul Cotter didn't waste much time uh, in, in setting up Phil Kessel's first goal of the game and, and the first goal of the game. And then, you know, Jack Eichel, just uh, the ability to toe the line, stay onside, and then uh, accelerate, pick his spot, and, and you know, kind of send T-Mobile Arena absolutely bonkers in that first period was, was nice to see. And, and that's, again, that, that like, gives you an idea of what's been missing from the Golden Knights lineup with those two players out. There is a an ability to have that quick strike offense. One goal turns into two, turns into three. Um, and, you know, with Jack Eichel, when you've got an elite player coming down on a breakaway, it's it's more often than not going to wind up in the back of the net, and that's the type of game-breaking ability he has. So why are they scoring more goals at home now than they were earlier in the season? I think the puck's going in. I I mean they're they're getting a lot of looks, right? And I it's interesting because I don't know that 
even the stretches of hockey where they weren't scoring goals, I don't think that they weren't getting chances. They just weren't hitting the net. And, you know, last night, Phil Kessel, it's it, it's a wide-open net. I mean, maybe during that stretch where they're not putting the puck in, uh, it, it's healed or you get a stick, the defender gets a stick on it and, and it goes wide or something like that. I think right now uh, the puck's finding its way in for the Golden Knights, and, and I don't know that there's anything else that, that – you can really chalk it up to. They're they're bearing down. They're converting when they have the opportunities, and the puck's going in for them right now. The before this winning streak started at home, these are the f- shot totals from the four previous home games: forty three, thirty eight, thirty one, thirty four. So that's pretty significant. Not one game in the twenties, and you've got uh, one in the high thirties and one in the forties. That's uh, big. They scored six goals. It, it wasn't falling for them. One hundred and forty six shots. Scored six goals. The last four games in which they've won and they've scored five goals in every game, shot totals 31, 32, 32, and 34 for a total of 129. 129 and you get 20. And the other side before that was 146 and you get six. That that goes against every analytic formula that you can come up with. And that was the Buffalo game was included in that. The Islander game was included in that, where they had really good, strong looks in it. And it might be just as simple as saying hockey, or it might be a part of the schedule where you've got a little more rest and you've got some recovery, which is certainly uh, the case with the last four games uh, at home. Uh, and you've been able to make it happen there. And I'm I'm loath to side one or the other on that, whether it's just part of the, the hockey dynamics and you go through those situations or whether there's uh, the, the rest and you, and you just feel better, your body feels better uh, because uh, – there's there's no strategic difference. Uh, the players are trying just as hard. Uh, they're they're tactically being uh, told the the same situation. Yeah, I I think it to to me like it it boils down to sometimes pucks go in and sometimes they don't. Like I don't think that that it it really needs to be you know, any deeper than that. I think the Golden Knights, again, are, are creating chances in a, in a similar fashion to what they were over that stretch where, where they only scored six goals in four games. And, you know, right now the puck's going in for them and, and you, you want to just try to keep that going as long as you possibly can. And, uh, you know, you, you continue to create the, the looks and the chances that they're getting. I, I think that they've got a really good chance to, to again, continue this run of hockey that they've had on home ice over the last four games. But we live in a world... Where we want answers, we want everything explained. Wow. You, you, there's got to be a justification for why you score more goals with fewer shots than you do when you out pressure the other team dramatically. There's got to be a reason for that. I don't know what it is, and I don't know whether there is a reason. But in in society today, we all would like that to be presented to us in some uh, easy-to-understand formula. It goes back to the the home-and-the-road disparity. Why Mm -hmm. were they so successful for the longest stretch on the road when it's the same players uh, wearing the same logo on the front of their sweater with the same coaches at home, and, and it wasn't falling? Is it as simple as the randomness of sports that we go through? 
And I'm saying, yes, it's just the yeah. random act of playing a professional sport. Yes, and and I would go even a degree higher to that in saying it's the random nature of playing hockey. Like there there are so few plays in terms of, you know, plays that put pucks in the back of the net that that influence the score of a hockey game. There, you know, on on a given night, you're talking about 6 to 7 plays that that result in the back of your net and when that is such a small number and there's so much that can influence how a puck gets from point A to point B. You've got referees. You can have a clearing attempt hit off a referee's skate and all of a right into the slot to a wide open net and it's a goal. And there's nothing that you did as a player in that spot that would would lead to that being replicable, but yet it happens and it happens often in hockey. Two examples uh, I of don't this. Think they're... Okay, mm-hmm. the last two games. Colorado had a two-on-one up a goal in Denver the other night. That hits a post. Vegas comes right back. Ten seconds later, ties the game up on their own odd man rush. You're either down to Cobb in the other team's building, and they had initially opened the scoring 25 seconds in, so you're really up against it, or you're tied up and you're feeling good. That happened. They were on the right side of it. Last night, in the second period, there was a bounce that went off a couple of sticks, and Malkin had a chance. And somehow that puck went off a leg, caught the undersides, uh, underside of Aiden Hill's skate. He didn't know it at the time, but it hit the underside of his skate and managed to stay out, and then Petrangelo cleared it with Sidney Crosby come barreling in and trying to push that puck across. There's there's no reaction by Hill other than being in the right spot at the right time, even though he didn't intentionally try to stop it with the uh, inside of his skate. But they got a break on that, and they put the puck in at the end of the period, and they're up 4 nothing. Totally random. You could say lucky, got the bounce, the rub of the green, whatever. But it is just how that puck ended up wobbling either in or out. Yeah, it's the randomness of hockey. That's what I'm chalking it up to. And you're not a very random type guy. You're more very button it down. You're not a ghost uh, hockey gods influencing that type of thing. So I'm impressed. Uh, I like this this new side of Ryan Wallace. This, This is like the 2023 Ryan Wallace, uh, I can't believe uh, how excited you're going to be when you figure out what uh, uh, Dancing Queen is uh, is is the explanation from the VGK dressing room after a game. Any update on that, Chapman? Yeah, yeah. No update, Chapman. No, no, okay. no, no update. He's he's planning his his investigative journalism strategy right now. He, he put it out there with Braden McNabb. I think he's worried that Braden's going to talk to all the other players and say, Chapman's on to us. No, we no. We, we, we yep. better cover our tracks on this. I'm not, I'm not that important well, where, where, where they would discuss that. Chapman, yes. what, what, do you, what do you think there is beyond we just like the song, so well, that's I'm, why we play it? Well, if that's the case, then, then great, but... but how cool would it be if there was an angle and, and Chapman was the one who, who discovered what the angle was, right? Like someone had to discover what Gloria was all about. Well, every team has a, has a well, win well, song. And, and someone, someone last year discovered what the Blink-182 song was all about. So, yeah. I mean, how cool would it be if, if, if the Golden Knights winning the Stanley Cup got 
got ABBA to decide to do one of those reunion tours that they've been holding off on all forever. Clubs, all clubs have a, a wind song that they play when they come off the mm-hmm. ice in the room. That is it just that this is their wind song right now. But why is it their wind song? That's up to you to find yeah, out. Yeah, we got it. We got it. I, I have to find out. Yeah. Right. I'm still, I'm still a little puzzled why the investigation stalled at Braden McNabb today. Well, it, it, <laughs> I, I have to think about my next move. Who, who's the next guy who, who may slip in and tell me? You talked to Carlson. You weren't prepared. Yeah, to because go there. because I, I I don't think Carlson has anything to do with it. I, I, All right. I I. I, I I don't think you plus, plus to he's Logan a pretty Thompson. stoic guy. You didn't you didn't bring it up with Logan Thompson today. Well, we were talking all star stuff with Logan right. Thompson. You didn't so. you didn't want to water down that no, conversation. No, of course with, not. With, uh, winning, winning songs. Uh, who is your target now to try and bust this case open, I'm, Detective Chapman? I'm I'm thinking I may have to go to one of the younger guys. Yeah, yeah. Now no. younger guys, no. they they play things pretty close to the vest. Yeah, but but one of them might slip up by your Chapman. incredible it's, it's investigative skills. I I I know who I'm going to talk to next about it. Who is it? Paul Cotter. You're going to go Cotter. I'm going to go Cotter. All right. Not a bad choice. Yeah, I'd yeah. go. I'd no. go. I'd go Riley Smith. No, Ry- Riley, Riley plays things pretty close to the vest, and and Riley Riley's a pretty good guy who hides things pretty well. So I I don't think Riley Smith would be the one to tell me. I don't think you're wrong in going the Cotter route. Yeah, it's a good idea. But if he's listening to the show right now, because we know players do listen, yes, he might be thinking, "Oh man, Chapman's coming to me next. I I, I better uh, not not let it not let it not let it out of the bag." What if he gives you a no comment? Oh, What's that, your follow up? Oh, that'd be bad. That'd <laughs> like be you're bad. Gonna, you, you're gonna ask the initial. Well, you're gonna do the butter up thing, like you yeah, did with yeah, Brayton. Yeah. And and you're gonna ask him six questions <laughs> that have nothing to do with the the winning uh, song uh, after games, and then you're gonna slide it in at the end. You're gonna hit him with it. Well, maybe maybe, maybe ask him. The follow up could be, well, what's what's your you know routine after after you win? What do you do? How do you celebrate? No, that should be before. Before that, yeah. yeah. And because then, he, then got them th- he got him thinking. Okay. And he may just flow right and into it. And slip into, oh, yeah. This, you know, the we, celebration song. Yeah. Okay. Chapman. <laughs> Ryan's Chapman, so frustrated. Why don't, you, why, don't, why don't you do a dry run of questioning on me? I'll be Paul, Paul Cotter right now. Go go for it. All right. Uh, Paul, I, I I know you're a pretty happy guy. You you, you tend to, to really wear your emotions on your sleeve. You're always in a pretty happy mood. So uh, when when you win a big game, what's what's your uh, what's your routine? How do you celebrate, or how do you wind down after a big win? Uh, you know, we come back in here, we we listen to ABBA, and it's awesome. So you just told me you listen to ABBA. Is there a backstory to that? Why yeah. why ABBA? Why Dancing Queen? Why we that like, particular song? We like it. Well, there's got to be. Well, first of all, Paul Cotter's not giving me a three-word answer. Exactly. <laughs> if no, you're going to be Paul no. Cotter, you, 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 give us some Paul Cotter. Yeah, he was so good last no, night. Listen, he was so fun. We like it. Come on. We no, like it. no, it's a great song. You know, I asked him it's a good song. what Love what I, I I wanted to get some help coming up with a nickname for him and Phil Kessel, and he just started laughing. He's like, "I actually have some for you, but I can't tell them to you right now." You know, you know the the nickname. What is it? You don't know the nickname for Cotter said it on wasn't it on this show? For him and Phil? No, for for him. He's got the no, nickname. No, 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 little buzz, but I I'm talking about yeah. him and Phil. 
How about Little Buzz and Big Buzz? Big Buzz? What was Kessel at that Buzz, Halloween party? Buzz and, and Little Buzz. Big Buzz and Little Buzz? Uh, they, 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 I tell you, we, we talked about the chemistry between those two yesterday off the ice, and and um, their chemistry uh, as as buddies, as friends. Like when, when Kessel was setting the the thousand game mark for consecutive games, it was Cotter in the back of the room chirping. Us. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't you don't hear that from rookies chirping a guy playing his thousandth consecutive. But game. he was good because but, he. But but it was great. It was it showed a dynamic with them. Uh, when Kessel was diving out of the way of pucks and, and he fell into Cotter behind him, the the chirping between them like there's there's a a, a sincere and really uh, strong chemistry between those two off the ice. And last night, we got to see it a little bit on the ice. Uh, he said Phil was chirping him because Paul shot on that two-on-one in, in the second period. I love that side. Now, Phil's always going to chirp uh, when somebody doesn't give it to him on a, on a two-on-one. Uh, but uh, but that, they, that they have that dynamic and they can go back and forth and Cotter doesn't take it personally. I think it's great. Yeah, he's he he was pretty excited. He he talked a little bit about being on the ice with him and 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 Sid, and you he know, just, to, he didn't get to take a face off. No, no, and he said he, he said he, he he was really wishing Carly would have would have had the opportunity. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he said he said growing up in Michigan, he he used to pretend to be Sidney Crosby in his basement. And, I know, we and talked, I know, I know, but it was it we, was just cool to, oh. to to have him go back down that road. And he said, uh, I, I I hit him a few One times full in the third, segment on yesterday's show. Well, no, no, but but after the game, he said, I hit him a few times in the third period, and, and I was kind of hoping he would notice, but I'm not sure if he did, but it was a dream come true. Do you know this Michigan thing uh, where you hold up your palm and people can point to where they're from in that state? It's this thing that all Michiganders do uh, where because the the palm... It kind of looks the, like, the a, like a looks, mitten. Yeah, it looks like a, the, the state. Yeah. And you say, I'm from, from, from here, up there. Ashley was doing it with him today for a Credit One Bank one on one. It's kind of funny, but I didn't know it. it's like only thing like Michigan people do it all the time. You've never heard of this thing? No, no. But I'm I, glad I, that it, I'm not it, the only one. It perfectly one, makes sense, though. It makes a ton of sense. Really? Yeah, because it does look like a like a glove or a mitten. Never thought of Michigan that way. And then they have the UP. I know that UP Upper Peninsula. Yep. Yep. Let's figure that one out. Uh, let's get to uh, some of Bruce Cassidy's sound on on Phil last night. And it was last night Kessel's best game? Yeah, probably. I mean, let me think back to when we were honoring his thousands game. I thought there was a couple in there that he had. He he, he had some good jump. It was San Jose up in San Jose, maybe. But pro, you know, you're probably. I'd have to go back and and think. But um, it certainly has been in a long time. There is Bruce Cassidy talking about Phil Kessel's performance last night. Uh, Really strong game involved uh, once again, and the idea that maybe that line sticking together. Yeah, I absolutely can. I think Phil's he's played better when he's been given more responsibility. Although it's still third line, it's it's say more responsibility. But when he's played with guys that are more suited to his game, and I think Carly definitely is. Phil thinks the game, right? And he needs players around him that he can read off and anticipate. And, um, and I think Carly definitely gives him that. Paul certainly has some of that, but Paul's more the straight line, north-south, get-to-the-net type of guy, So where Carly's a cerebral guy. So I think you're seeing a, you know, a little bit of different attributes in that line that have come together. Um, 
it sure seemed like Phil and Paul were happy over those. So, so I think they have some common bond between them in the dressing room too that, that, that's probably developed in this, this period of time here. So that always helps as well. So um, yeah, so hopefully Phil can, can give us more of that. Um, you know, you don't expect that line to get two goals every night, but you know, hopefully they get opportunities to at least get two goals every night. That line scored early last night with Kessel uh, putting the Vegas Golden Knights on the board. Did you see how that goal came about? And it was one of the weirdest plays <laughs> yeah, or series yeah. of plays. And it wasn't one of those, this is how the coach would draw it up, and it was uh, it was perfect, and the guys executed. And, and it ends up being a perfectly executed play by the Golden Knights yeah. with, with a wide-open net. But it starts with the dump-in by, by mm-hmm. the Golden Knights. Uh, mm-hmm. They they throw it in, and I I don't know whether it was Hutton or Pahal, but they Pahal. they they dump it in, and it hits Kessel in the back, <laughs> and goes down the ice behind the the Pittsburgh net. That's why it wasn't icing. Otherwise, that play is blown dead, and and the faceoffs in the Vegas zone. But because Pahal hits Kessel with the puck, and Kessel's on the uh, good side of center, it negates the icing. Then Carlson does an unbelievable job tracking the puck down, puck recovery, wins a 50-50 puck battle, gets out to Cotter, who shoots it, but it goes off the heel of a stick. He fans on it, puck slides over to Phil Kessel, who has a wide-open net. Mm-hmm. Two incredibly fortuitous bounces for the yes. Vegas Golden Knights, and it ends up in a one nothing lead two minutes into the game. The random nature of professional sports, specifically hockey. Um, yeah, you're you're not going to get too many plays there uh, that that are going to be repeat, repeated that way, where you avoid an icing because it hits the player that's that's charging into the zone, and then you know William Carlson. That like that's something that you you've come to expect from Carlson. He's going to track that puck down. He's going to do his best to win that battle. He does. It's a great pass out to Paul Cotter. Heals the shot, and it goes directly to Phil, who's right on the doorstep. Because after the puck hits him in the back, he goes straight to the net. It, it's not exactly how you draw it up, but you know a lot of good things happen there. The puck retrieval, the the net front presence. Uh, when you do things like that, you do end up getting rewarded. And in real time, you know what I saw in that that play? I saw a dump in. I saw a Bill Carlson uh, winning uh, the race to the puck, negating the ice mm-hmm. icing, and then Paul Cotter setting up Phil Kessel with a perfect feed. Into the net. <laughs> that, that's what I saw in real time from my perch yeah. because of yeah. uh, how far away I am. And, and it ends up being some of that, like Carlson with the puck battle and Kessel being in the right spot, perfect opportunity to, to put that puck home. Those are great plays. Those are great instincts from great players. But you needed a little bit of help uh, to get there. They come back later on, and it's a feed, and Paul Cotter puts it in, and uh, it's awesome. And that line's got some chemistry with William Carlson. Uh Today at practice, you saw the return of Alec Martinez in a uh, just on the ice to begin with, but uh, there is no baby blue sweater, no non-contact issue there. He was uh, out there as a full participant in practice, and Jonathan Marshall continues to work his way uh, towards getting back in the lineup. Here's Bruce Cassidy, the update on Martinez and Marshall. Well, he skated today, so that's awesome. Um, could he play tomorrow? I guess I'll go check with the trainers. He's missed some time, so... If you think of it just off the top of my head, we don't play again until next 
Thursday after tomorrow, so maybe the extra time could benefit them. But uh, I've got to talk to the trainers and, and Marty about that. Well, we're looking at tomorrow, right? So let's get through the morning skate, uh, see how he wakes up uh, tomorrow morning from today's. Now he's had two or three good practices, but I'll anticipate like Jack and Paul. Now he's in a normal color, doing a normal line, full rushes, everything, full participant that we can certainly call him, uh, certainly has an opportunity to play tomorrow, and we're hopefully will. I'm hopeful as well. I'd love to see Alec Martinez back on the ice. And Jonathan Marchessault really is trending in that direction, taking rushes today with uh, what would be his uh, his line. Uh, everybody seems to be pointing towards Jack Eichel, Riley Smith, and Jonathan Marchessault being a unit uh, tomorrow. And he was taking those, uh, those rushes with uh, Jack, who was outstanding last night. So when it comes to finding a spot for Marchessault when he comes back, what is Bruce Cassidy's thinking? What goes into it a little bit is the other lines, right? So you've got Stevenson's line that, that I've liked with Amel. Okay, they weren't as dominant last night, but that's okay because we had other lines going. They balance things out. I like Carly's line, so you know the natural place for him is to go in with Jack and Smitty. He's played a lot with Smitty. That would move Nick Waugh back to his spot. So that's why we practiced that today. I haven't seen that line together, but I've seen Jack and Smitty play, and I've seen Smitty and Marsh play, so if you connect all the dots, maybe there's something there. Jack, I think the way he holds on to the puck can use a like a one-timer threat on each, you know, of each stick, so I think Marshy will will help him there, it can complement him. Marshy does not need the puck through the neutral zone like some guys do. Um, Jack likes to have it there. Marshy's more of get it, move it, and then get open in the O-zone, so I think that'll complement Jack as well. So we'll see how it plays out, but that, that's what we're thinking. If you were picking three stars last night, where where would you have gone with that? Aiden Hill, for sure, would have been on there. Uh, Jack Eichel, to me, uh, was certainly a, a star of the game um, in my eyes. And I, you know... <laughs> Probably going away, but I, I would I would say William Carlson. I thought William Carlson played an absolute whale of a game, and and that's not even mentioning two goals that I think Alex Petrangelo single handedly prevented from from going in. So I, I'd go Will Carlson, I'd go Aiden Hill, and I'd go Jack Eichel. What about you, Chapman? I'd also go with Hill and and um, Eichel, but I think I would go with Phil Kessel as as a third star because I thought his back checking last night was was really really good. Um, it was, I don't know if it was the best game he's played this season, but certainly maybe the most noticeable game he's played all season. Uh, so I would I would put him on there as well. A three-point night for Jack Eichel. You had the involvement of uh, Aiden Hill in the game in holding the Pittsburgh Penguins at bay in that second period, uh, staring down 20 shots. Uh, I, I like both uh, of those. And then I was I was kind of torn between uh, Paul Cotter, who had a good game, uh, Phil Kessel had a good game, uh, certainly, uh, and Chandler Stevenson was involved. Uh, Stone was involved uh, last night uh, with a couple of points. Continues his streak uh, as, as well. And the Stevenson power play goal, like they got one chance mm-hmm. last night and they scored. And that mm-hmm. that got overshadowed by everything to the point that we're 90 minutes into this program. We're now talking about Chandler Stevenson scoring his 11th, the team's leading point producer, hitting mm-hmm. the scoreboard on the power play, and they made it look easy. Yeah, I, it was it was just a, a great play. And, and it was the quick puck movement, right? It was Eichel down to Stone, Stone into the into the slot for Chandler Stevenson on and off his blade in in you know milliseconds and picks his corner. Like uh, as as far as like 
what you want out of your power play, how you want the puck to move, where you want your chance to be taken. It was perfectly executed by the Golden Knights. Uh, the power play was Petrangelo, Eichel, Smith, Stevenson, and Stone. I wonder if tomorrow whether that unit changes at all or whether you keep them together. Riley Smith was on the second unit. Uh, he's been up in the, the first unit uh, with all the injuries. I'll be curious to see how they, they flip things around or if they do uh, flip things around going forward. Jonathan Marshall is a power play guy. Uh, Jonathan Marshall had some success in that uh, uh, left-wing spot, but that's where Jack Eichel plays uh, on the on the first unit. So there's there's some option, good good uh, talking points going through there on a power play that has been really good through the month of December and carried it over and has been uh, uh, very effective in the first couple of games of the new year. Yeah, it, the the power and not just the power play, but the penalty kill last night, right? Like yeah. they, the Golden Knights were excellent once again, uh, down a man. Their their pressure has been really good. They they really haven't allowed it too much, and you know a lot of that has to do with Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson. Their brilliance, William Carlson, Riley Smith. We know what they can do, um, and Alex Petrangelo, Braden McNabb, just logging some monster minutes uh, down a man and, and doing it quite well. I wonder if they'll put the type of pressure on the penalty kill to rival Chris Chapman's investigation, Detective Chapman's investigation on the Vegas Golden Knights uh, celebratory song after a victory. We've got news and notes. So one-timers coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Hey, Fan Fest for the Vegas Golden Knights coming up on Sunday, 2-4. to four. Yep. Brought to you by the D over at the Fremont uh, Street Experience. Uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, I am too. We'll uh, we'll be out there. Um, I'll be out there. I, I know for sure I'll be out there. Uh, Going to be on the carpet, man. Like I'm I'm looking forward to that. Like it, it, I haven't been on a on a gold carpet, red carpet, whatever it's going to be on Sunday since obviously the home opener earlier this season for the Vegas Golden Knights. So I'm I'm looking forward to. Getting back on the carpet and talking to some players and taking in FanFest is going to be awesome. It's only been a couple of months. Do you have a like a regular schedule that you'd like to be on a gold carpet? Like every I mean, every month? Yeah, tw- like twice twice a year would be nice. Twice I mean, a year. I'm hitting that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna so so that you're on schedule. So. You're right there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Have you guys voted in NHL All Star Fan balloting? I have. Who did you vote for? I voted for Chandler Stevenson. Mm -hmm. I voted for Riley Smith. And believe it or not, I voted for Martin Jones. What are you thinking? (laughs) Should I I vote for Aiden Uh, Hill as well? Oh... Like you, you think Martin Jones is at an All Star well, season? I, I don't, I don't know who else to vote for in the Pacific. <laughs> it's not, it's not John Gibson. It's not Markstrom. Oh, that's it's awesome. not Jonathan Quick. He's got what has he got? Seventeen it should be wins. Phoenix Copley. No, no, no. Phoenix Copley. What are you doing, Chapman? Yeah, he plays for the Kings. I can't vote for that guy. You know, yes, you, you can. Martin Jones plays for the Kraken. Well, what, what I, are you doing? I have a soft spot for Martin Jones. Of course you do. <laughs> 
Can you like? Do you want to explain it, or is it we we just got to leave it at that? I just feel bad because every time he comes to Vegas, he gets run out of the building. So I I I feel like maybe some good karma. Maybe the guy that deserves some, some of good the, karma. That is some of the best Chapman logic I've ever heard. I mean, what, what every is, time <laughs> I see the guy in person, he gets run out of the building. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to vote uh, for this guy for the All Star game. I I, I think yeah. Martin Jones deserves some good karma. My goodness. Uh, Patrick Kane out for the Chicago Blackhawks as they play the Arizona Coyotes tonight. Here's Uh what gets Spidey senses going a little bit. There might, and there probably isn't anything here. There might not be anything here. There might be something here. Uh, Patrick from Chicago says, "Uh, I feel like, to be honest with you, I probably could play, but it's uh, (laughs) just a certain situation that it's kind of lingering pain right now so it is what it is i think i should be through it here quick enough now mm-hmm. he did suffer uh like it's legit he took a hit from evgeny svechnikov uh, on uh earlier this week participated in a skate he had a couple of shots against tampa bay lightning so there there is uh like you can cite the injury where it happened but if you can't make it through a whole game, you don't want to put the team in jeopardy uh, further behind the eight ball. You don't want the player in jeopardy. But in hearing Patrick from Chicago say, I probably could play. Yeah. Are they just protecting an asset here for a potential trade that is percolating? Well, <laughs> Darren, um, you're choosing to look at it as are they protecting an asset i'm choosing to look at it as the chicago blackhawks are facing off against the anaheim ducks in the bedard bowl and you don't want your best lineup taking on the anaheim ducks you just don't so if you've got to sit patrick kane for a game or two it's not the worst thing in the world that you are going to sit patrick kane against one of the other worst teams in the league tonight against the anaheim ducks because the last thing in the world that you want to do if you're chicago is somehow find a way to accidentally beat Anaheim. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. Are they playing Anaheim tonight or Arizona? I thought it was Ari- I thought it was Anaheim. No, it's a- it's Arizona. No, it it's is. Arizona. Okay, it's Arizona. Still, the, the but, whole but, but the, the whole the logic remains. the logic exists. It's it yes. <laughs> like it's Arizona, Anaheim, Chicago. They're in a three team battle uh, right now, and that. Uh, that that's good logic. You don't want to you don't want to have your better players. But I, if if there was an imminent trade, he wouldn't be playing at all. So mm-hmm. I know I know that. But I just wonder how much they're making sure that nothing sticks around and and it could uh, impact a trade down the road when it comes to uh, maximum response uh, and payoff. For that trade, do you know the Winnipeg Jets are uh, are playing tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning? Here uh-huh. is a crazy, and we're we're experiencing it a little bit in Vegas right now with the return of Eichel and Cotter last night. Uh, Marcia, so we expect to be in the lineup tomorrow, and with the potential of Alec Martinez skating. So that would be four players back in two games. Massive. The the Winnipeg yeah. Jets tonight welcomed. Four players back in one game. 
How about Price. this? Blake Wheeler, them? Nikolai Ehlers, who's hardly played at all this year, sports hernia, Cole Perfetti, top young talent, and Nate Schmidt all returned to the lineup tonight for the game mm-hmm. against the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's a huge uh, boost to your, your roster. Oh, 100%. And, you know, for the, for the Winnipeg Jets, they have done an admirable job just like the Golden Knights did kind of battling through those injuries and uh, you, you get a boon you, you get a you get a lift when you've got guys coming back into the lineup and you know the Winnipeg Jets and and as you mentioned the the Tampa Bay Lightning they're tied at one after the first period and uh, I I think that this is uh, obviously good news for the Winnipeg Jets are you ready to say that the Winnipeg Jets are for real I think that I think that I'm there, yeah. I think with Connor Hellebuck playing as well as he's played this season and, you know, again, what they were able to do kind of through those injuries, I, I think the Winnipeg Jets are a playoff team for sure. I don't know this for sure, but if, if if I was the Winnipeg Jet management and the National Hockey League called me and said, hey, uh, we want to uh, get uh, Hellebuck in the All-Star game, uh, I, I if I was the National Hockey League listening to that, I might, the response I probably would hear is, uh, no, pick, uh, pick Josh Morrissey, please. Because I, I think they would love Hellebuck to have a couple of days off. Just to get a rest. Just yep. just to, to back it off. That That's what I would certainly do, based on the number of shots that he faces and the number of games uh, that, that, that he plays. Just the workload on him is is more extreme than, than the other goaltenders. And I'm saying this. Uh, after they took UC Soros from the Nashville Predators, who made 64 saves last night in a win over the Carolina Hurricanes. 64 yeah. saves. It wasn't 64 saves in a 7-5 loss. It was 64 mm-hmm. saves in a win. Yeah, the, uh, the, the the Nashville Predators had no business winning that game, and yet hockey. Yeah. The will thing, thing I will say, Io, is it was in Carolina, and they, they count shots. Like uh, people add uh, dog years to human years. All right, like the, the yeah, that's fair. It's a that's little fair. wonky the shot totals in Carolina if you look at it over the years. So those are your one timers for this Friday, January on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for catching up with Chapman. Christopher. Hi, Darren. So NHL history made tonight in the game between the team you mentioned in the last segment, the Winnipeg Jets and the Tampa Bay Lightning, as Rick Bonus takes the bench or will stand behind an NHL bench for the 2600th time in his NHL coaching career. Of course, many, many, many of those years spent as an assistant coach, but very, very cool. So I, I went out and I did the math. And I, I figured, all right, so 41 home games a year for the Golden Knights. If you were a season ticket holder and you went to every single home game, it would take you 63 and a half years to get to 2,600 games. That's pretty damn impressive. Now, obviously, Rick gets to double that 41 to 82, and I don't know if they include playoff games in, in that number as well, but... Nonetheless, that's that's a really, really impressive number of games for Rick Bonus to, to be around the NHL, to be behind the bench and just be a part of this great game. I mean, 2,600 games, that's that's pretty damn awesome. 
Do you have his hockey DB up there? No, I do not. I'm curious when he started because I I do know he hasn't missed a season. He's never been out of a job. One of those ones where you take a season to find your next job or you, you live off the salary. He's coached every year since since he started the National Hockey League. One of the craziest stats going. He's, he's, he's never had downtime. Looks, Give me a moment. Yeah, I'm, Give I'm, me a moment. I'm looking up his hockey DB. I, I can tell you hockey reference. Uh, I mean, I guess that only takes takes care of head coaching gigs, but – uh, 88, 89 is the first season for Rick Bonus as a head coach. Yeah, with the original uh, Jets. The hockey DB. Let me let me get to Rick Bonus hockey DB. Really impre- That that's the part that impresses me more than anything else is that he hasn't missed a season. He hasn't been one of those ones to to take uh, eight months and and then size up your next job or or have to go through that. That's how valuable okay. he is. He's always had a job. All right, I got you. Uh, 1984-85 was his first season as an assistant coach with the Winnipeg Jets. Wow. It's amazing. And and yeah. he hits the magical mark today. He's already coached the most games in NHL history. That's yeah. already uh, settled. But uh, hits the magical number tonight as head coach, uh, again, uh, of the Winnipeg Jets. And one of the coolest guys going. Good East Coaster from Canada. Awesome dude. New Brunswick. You were taking a guess there. <laughs> <laughs> Was I right? Nope. Ah, bummer. <laughs> you were taking a guess there. We're, Can you name the four East Coast provinces in Canada? Nova Scotia. Yeah. St. John. Nope. Newfoundland. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Prince Edward Island. Thank you. Ah. You didn't get Nova Scotia in there, did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, okay, yeah. Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, Newfoundland, and Prince Edward Island. St. John is not one? Uh, St. John is the capital. Well, there's two St. John's. There's oh. St. St. John's in Newfoundland and oh, St. Okay. John in New Brunswick. Oh, boy. Yeah. St. Oh, John's is a party place. Yeah? I've flown over John, Gander a bunch of times. St. John is a really good uh, university town. Ah. But St. John's, you want to go get lit and end up in the clink? That's your place.